الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله واصحابه والتابعين لهم باحسان الى يوم الدين اما بعد واذا شرح في كتاب صفه صلاه النبي written by الشيخ محمد بن صالح بن عثيمين محمد بن صالح بن عثيمين رحمه الله رحمه واسعه Uh, our brother Abdul Samad is going to carry on reading for us. فليتفضل مشكورا ماجورا. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين قال المؤلف رحمه الله فان قلت كيف يفرد الامام الضمير وقد روي عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في الرجل اذا كان اماما وخص نفسه بالدعاء فقد خان المامومين فالجواب على ذلك أن هذا في دعاء يؤمن عليه المأمون فإن الإمام إذا أفرده يكون قد خان المأمومين مثل دعاء القنوت علمه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحسن بن علي بصيغة الإفراد اللهم اهدني في من هديت رواه أبو داود والترمذي وأحمد فلو قال الإمام اللهم اهدني في من هديت يكون هذا خيانة لأن المأموم سيقول آمين والإمام قد دعا لنفسه وترك المأمومين إذا فليقل اللهم نهدنا في من هديت فلا يخص نفسه بالدعاء دون المأمومين في دعاء يؤمن عليه المأموم لأن ذلك خيانة للمأموم ذا الشيخ رحمه الله يمنشن هي إشكال إشيو which is that there is an imam he's leading the people Okay, he makes du'a in a, and the pronouns that he uses is singular. So instead of making it plural for everybody and encompassing those who are playing, praying with him and himself, he uses singular. The Sheikh says, if he makes the pronoun that he uses singular, when he is uh, in positions where the people who are praying behind him are not saying amin to it. For example, between the two sajdatain, between the two sajda, okay, he says, Rabbi my Lord forgive me. At this time he doesn't have to make it plural, the Sheikh said, because the people behind, praying behind him are not hearing his Dua here, and so they're not going to say to him Amin. So he doesn't have to say Igfir uh, Lana. He can say Igfir Li. It's enough. But if he's making Dua for himself and the people behind him, like Dua Al Qunut, in that situation, he said that he has to make it a plural because he would be a person who deceived the people by making Dua for himself when they are not in the dua themselves, so they're just saying ameen to him for what he's making dua for. And the Shaykh rahimahullah, the hadith, فَقَدْ خَانَ الْمَأْمُومِينَ He's referring to the hadith, أَصْحَابُ السُّنَنَ narrated it, إِلَّا النَّسَائِي وَاللَّفْضُ لِبْنِ مَاجَةِ Hadith al-Thawban. And the wording of the hadith is, لَا يَأُمَّ عَبْدٌ فَيَخُصَّ نَفْسَهُ بِدَعْوَةٍ دُونَهُمْ فَإِنْ فَعَلَ ذَلِكَ فَقَدْ خَانَهُمْ If he does that, he deceived himself. This hadith, in terms of the way that the Sheikh extracted the ruling from it, which is known as min jihati ad-diraya, the Sheikh is accurate. It's it's true. It's only referring to when it's a, a, a position where the person is um, making du'a for himself and others behind him. Min jihati min jihati ad-diraya, the Sheikh is accurate. Is referring to. Uh, when, uh, when the Imam is making dua for himself and others as well, like the Qunut and etc. The second point I'm looking at this is the hadith min jihati ad riwaya in terms of the narration. Is it authentic or not? That which it seems apparent is it's, uh, that it's a hadithun da'ifun la yathbutu ali nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The hadith is weak. Okay? The Shaykh mentioned something known as the hadith of Al Hasan ibn Ali radiyallahu ta'ala. Uh, عنهما, may Allah be pleased with Hassan and also his father Ali Abi Talib 
radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. That Al-Hasan ibn Ali radiyallahu ta'ala anhu mentioned, he said, Allamani Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet taught me, du'a an ad'u bihi, a du'a that I can make. And then he mentioned, Allahumma hadini fi man hadayt. This du'a, a lot of people refer to it as du'a, they call it du'a al-qunut. That's the name that's given to it, du'a al-qunut. And brothers and sisters, uh, yes, of course, you can use it for du'a al-qunut. You can start your du'a al-qunut with it. But to think that this hadith, this du'a is specifically known as du'a al-qunut, actually isn't the case. Yani some people, if you don't say in your qunut, Allah mahdini fi man hadith, they think you've not made the dua al-qunut properly, they get saddened by that and upset and etc. So my advice would be don't always start with Allah mahdini fi man hadith when you're doing the qunut. Don't. Start with other duas as well. Because Al-Hasan ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib, he said, Allamani Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam dua an ad'u bihi. He taught me a dua that I can supplicate with. He didn't, it's not called dua al-qunut. It's commonly said by people that du'a. Another thing I want to mention is that some people, they add so much to the du'a when they make it. So they will say, Allah mahdini fi man hadayt, wa zakkina fi man, for example, Allah mahdina fi man hadayt, wa zakkina fi man zakkayt, wa tahirna fi man dahart, wa aafina fi man aafayt. These extra wordings they add onto it. And this is something someone should avoid because the Dua itself is, uh, you're reducing, he does an intiqas li kamal al-khitab al-nabawi. The Prophet specifically, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, taught him this word, wordings. And these wordings are very powerful. So when you add extra things, it's like you're taken away from the dua itself and, and saying that it's not sufficient. So I had to add more things uh, to, to it. So what is that, brothers and sisters? If a dua is ma'thurah, transmitted from the Prophet in a certain way, don't add anything to it. Leave it the way it is. If you have your own duas that you want to make, and you want to add things onto that one, no problem, you can. Your own duas. But the dua which are ma'thurah, and in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, leave it the way they are. Leave it the way that they are. Naam. ثُمَّ يَسْجُدُ لِلسَّجْدَةِ الثَّانِيَةِ كَالسَّجْدَةِ الْأُولَى فِي الْكَيْفِيَّةِ وَفِيمَا يُقَالُ فِيهَا so if the person, he sat in between the two sajda, and now he wants to go back to the second sajda, he just says Allahu Akbar at that moment, like he did for the first sajda. And he says what he was saying as well there. Naam. ثُمَّ يَنْهَدُ لِلْرَكْعَةِ الثَّانِيَةِ مُكَبِّرًا مُعْتَمِدًا عَلَى رُكْبَتَيْهِ قَائِمًا بِدُونَ جُلُوسِ وَهَذَا هُوَ الْمَشْهُورُ مِنْ مَذْهَبِ الْإِمَامِ أَحْمَدِ وَقِيلَ بَلْ يَجْلِسُ ثُمَّ يَقُومُ مُعْتَمِدًا عَلَى يَدَيْهِ كَمَا هُوَ الْمَشْهُورُ مِنْ مَذْهَبِ الشَّافِعِي رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى وَهَذِهِ الْجَلْسَةُ مَشْهُورَةٌ عِنْدَ الْعُلَمَاءِ بِاسْمِ جَلْسَةِ الْإِسْتِرَاحَةِ وَقَدْ اخْتَلَفَ الْعُلَمَاءُ رَحِمَهُمُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِي مَشْرُوعِيَّتِهَا فَقَالَ بَعْدُهُمْ فَإِذَا قُمْتَ إِلَى الثَّانِيَةِ أَوْ إِلَى الرَّابِعَةِ فَاجْلِسْ ثُمَّ مُعْتَمِدًا عَلَى يَدَيْكَ إِمَّا عَلَى صِفَةِ الْعَاجِنِ إن صح الحديث في ذلك أو على غير هذه الصفة عند من يرى أن حديث العجن ضعيف المهم أنهم اختلفوا في هذه الجلسة فمنهم من يرى أنها مستحبة مطلقة ومنهم من يرى أنها غير مستحبة على سبيل الإطلاق ومنهم من يفصل ويقول إن احتجت إليك لضعف أو كبر أو كبر أو مرض أو ما أشبه ذلك فإنك تجلس ثم تنهض وأما إذا لم تحتج إليها فلا تجلس واستدل لذلك أن هذه الجلسة ليست لها دعاء وليس لها تكبير عند الانتقال منها بل التكبير واحد من السجود للقيام فلما كان الأمر كذلك دل على أنها غير مقصودة في ذاتها لأن كل ركن مقصود لذاتها في الصلاة لا بد فيه من ذكر مشروع وتكبير سابق وتكبير لاحق قالوا ويدل لذلك أيضا أن في حديث مالك بن حويرث أنه يعتمد على يديه والاعتماد على اليدين لا يكون غالبا إلا من حاجة وثقل بالجسم ولا يتمكن من النحوظ 
ولهذا نقول إن احتجت إن احتجت إليها فلا تكلف نفسك في النهود من السجود إلى القيام رأسا وإن لم تحتج فالأولى أن تنهض من السجود إلى القيام رأسا وهذا هو مختاره صاحب المغني ابن قدامة المعروف بالموفق رحمه الله تعالى وهو من أكابر أصحاب الإمام أحمد وأظنه اختيار ابن القيم في زاد المعاد أيضا ويقول صاحب المغني إن هذا هو الذي تجتمع فيه الأدلة أي التي فيها إثبات هذه الجلسة ونفيها والتفصيل هنا عندي أرجح من الإطلاق وإن كان رجاحته عندي ليس بذلك الرجحان الجيد لأنه لا يتعارض في فهمي من الجلسة فالمراتب عندي ثلاث أولا مشروعية هذه الجلسة عند الحاجة إليها وهذا لا إشكال فيه ثانيا مشروعيتها مطلقا وليس بعيدا عنه في الرجحان ثالثا أنها لا تشرع مطلقا هذا عندي ضعيف لأن الحديث فيها ثابتة ولكن هل هي ثابتة عند الحاجة أو مطلقة هذا محل الإشكال والذي يترجح عندي يسير أنها تشرع للحاجة فقط الشيخ He now speaks about if the person gets up from the second sajda, um, the person sits down what is known as sajdatu, uh, uh, um, sorry, jalsatu istiraha. You've done your second sujood. Before you get up, there's a little pause you can sit there. Many people don't do that, right? You can sit, you can sit there for a little bit. And it's a sunnah, mutlaqa, unrestrictedly, it's a sunnah. Okay? What, what, what do I mean by it's the sunnah unrestrictedly? Ali, whether it's for a hajjah or not, whether there's a need for it or not, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Okay? So the scholars who said that you can only do that one when there's a hajjah for it, they need to provide us with evidence. What's the evidence to say that that jalsa is a what? You need a delete for it. To say that that one... Uh, It can only be done uh, when there is a hajjah. But there are things that I inshallah ta'ala want to bring to your attention when you're sitting in that sit, things that you need to observe. Number one, there's no dhikr in that, uh, in that jalsa. So there's a few things I want to point out inshallah ta'ala. Four things inshallah. The first thing is, there's no dhikr in that jalsa. So you don't say anything, you just sit there. Number two is that that jalsa is very, very short. Extremely short. You sit down, one, two, three. You get up. More than that, the people will think you're in. You want to. You want to uh, a tashahud, especially if you're an imam. So no. Number three is you do the iftirash that we mentioned previously, which is you sit on your left leg, and you your right leg stands up. You stand up your right leg. The fourth one is. The takbir, it was what came from the sujood. So when you did your sujood, if you say Allahu Akbar, and you sit for the jalsa to istiraha, you don't say Allahu Akbar again. No, you don't. You just get up. Okay? What's even better is, you get up from your sujood, and you say Allahu Akbar with your pause, and you get up if you want to. which gives the people an understanding that you are uh, you're not sitting here for tashahud okay and this position the tashahud and the movement are intact so it's best to say it together okay then the sheikh spoke about how do you get up from the yani how do you get up which the scholars refer to as al-i'timadu ala al-yadayn. How do you use your hands? From the Prophet ﷺ, nothing has, been, has come from him. There's a hadith called Hadithul Ajn. Hadithu Al-Ajn. What is the Hadithul Ajn means? Yani, the Hadithul Ajn when the women make the yeast, right? Ajin, right? They, they make the bread. 
the women that the way they they use their hands uh, how it may how to make it scholars differed on what is understood yani i'm talking min jihati diraya the hadithul ajn scholars have differed in what it what it actually means how's the how's the ajn there's dispute regarding it some scholars actually believe it's ajn when the fingers are together and you get up like that some scholars understood it like that others have stood in other ways because they said we look at the women and here they are look how they do it they open their fingers when they do it they do it like that wahakada there's many different ways so min jihati diraya there's a lot of confusion regarding it and min jihati ar-riwayah this hadith is not in kutub sitta it's not in bukhari muslim abi dawood tirmidhi ibn majah nasai it's not even in sunan darimi it's not even in sunan al-bayhaqi it's it's not in the main books of of hadith even the ma'ajim al-tabarani that he wrote ma'ajim kabir al-saghir al-wust none of them it's not in any one of them it's actually in gharib al-hadith by ibrahim al-harbi okay so that inshallah ta'ala also does give you an understanding that the hadith is according to ulama al hadith they never narrated it because if it was a mas'ala like like that even sunan al-darimi big books of hadith that you generally go to for mis yani a hadith al ahkam it's not in it's not in them sunan al-darimi didn't narrate it sunan al-bayhaqi never never narrated it sunan al-dariqutni even dariqutni never narrated it sunan al-arba'a يعني ترمذي ومماجا والنسائي وابو داوود none of them narrated it ولا بخاري ولا مسلم none of them narrated it الطبراني in his three ma'ajim he never narrated it so it's not it's not in those books of hadith uh, that doesn't make it weak it is weak the hadith اصلا but it's also not in those books okay so اهل علماء الحديث they weaken it okay um, so the hadith min jihati riwaya is daif min jihati diraya there is no understanding that the scholars agreed upon what it, what is what is uh, uh, meant by it uh-huh. naam tafaddal وفي الركعة الثانية يفعل كما يفعل في الركعة الأولى إلا في شيء واحد وهو الاستفتاح فإنه لا يستفتح وأما التعوذ ففيه خلاف بين العلماء منهم من يرى أنه يتعوذ في كل ركعة ومنهم من يرى أنه لا يتعوذ إلا في الركعة الأولى الشيخ منشنز الاستفتاح you don't have to do استفتاح because you did that when when you started the prayer um, that's important okay something I want to point out which is important I kind of touched on it before which is if the Imam said Allahu Akbar to the Salah and he's reading Surah to Salat al-Mathal al-Maghrib, Salat Jahriya and the Sheikh is reading the Salat al-Fajr, sorry, he's reading, sorry, Salat al-Maghrib, so if Maghrib, for example, is Salat Jahriya, right? And the Imam is reading Surah al-Fatiha and you came in and the Sheikh is reciting Iyaka na'abudu wa iya you came into that, it's on the ayah and you came in, do you do du'a al-istiftah? No, no, no you don't do du'a al-istiftah. Why? Because it's wajib for you to listen to. It's wajib for you to listen to the imam. Wal-wajib la yusqatu. Wal-wajib la yusqatu bi sunnah. A wajib cannot be dropped because of a sunnah. Okay? If you reach the imam and he's in ruku' you don't do du'a al-istiftah. Okay? If you come and the imam is in sujood, you don't do du'a al-istiftah and all of that. So the scholars, they say, Dua or istiftah is for what? What's the purpose of Dua or istiftah? Dua or istiftah is specifically liqira'ah, just for the recitation of Okay? So it's not, once you're going to sujood, once you're going to ruku', because the imam is in that position, 
It was only for qira'ah and you're not doing qira'ah, so you don't do du'a al-istiftah, okay? And, sec- and of course, the second rak'ah and the third rak'ah, you don't do du'a al-istiftah because that's why you only do it when it's the beginning, okay? What about if the salah is salah sirriya? So it's dhuhr, asr, okay? He entered the masjid, okay, and the imam is leading the salah. Then, inshallah ta'ala, if, you, if the imam just said Allahu Akbar, then come with the sunnah of Fatiha. What do I mean by the sunnah of Fatiha? The two sunnah before it and the sunnahs after it. Sorry, the three sunnahs before it and the sunnah after it. So you come with dua al-istiftah, you come with the basmala, the ta'awud, you do that. And then you read your, read your Fatiha, and then you read your Ameen, wahakada. That's good. But if, you're, if you feel like the Imam said Allahu Akbar a while back, then don't busy yourself with the Sunan al Fatiha, and then Fatiha passes you. Just read your Fatiha, right? Okay? Yeah. The Ta'awud, the Shaykh, as he mentioned, there's a khilaf between the scholars. Uh, some scholars, they actually see that you have to do the Ta'awud, every single rak'ah. And there's some scholars who say you only do it in the first rak'ah. There is a difference in this matter. And there's a niqash amongst the scholars regard, uh, regarding this. Now, One time, inshaAllah ta'ala should suffice. Bidnillah al-kirim. Ayah. فَإِذَا صَلَّ الرَّكْعَةَ الثَّانِيَةَ جَلَسَ لِلْتَّشَهُّدِ كَجُلُوسِهِ بَيْنَ السَّجْدَتَيْنِ فِي كَيْفِيَّةِ الرِّجْلَيْنِ وَفِي كَيْفِيَّةِ الْيَدَيْنِ so the Shaykh Rahimahullah, he goes into كَيْفِيَةُ الْجُلُوسِ لِلْتَشَهُّدِ فِي الْحَرَكَةِ الرِّجْلَيْنِ So we're going to talk about a few things. First of all the legs and then we're going to talk about the hands. The Shaykh mentioned two things. صح? The first tashahud, we're going to talk about it from two perspectives. We're going to talk about it from the perspective of the legs and we're going to talk about it from the perspective of the hands. As for the legs, the Shaykh already explained it. We do what he, the scholars called uh, uh, you place your, you sit on your left leg and you put your right leg up. Just like you do between the sajdatain as we explained. Okay? That's good. The second thing that we want to mention here is كَيْفِيَةُ الْيَدَيْنِ The hands. That which has been transmitted from the Prophet ﷺ is that he would place uh, his hand, his right hand on his left thigh. And he would place his left hand on his left thighs. Or he would place it on his knees والسلام, So what can you do? You can place it on your thighs, the hands, your right hand on your right uh, thigh, or on your knee, or your right knee. Or you can place your th- right left hand on your left thigh or your knee. It has been transmitted from the Prophet. What about your fingers? So I mentioned the hand. What about the fingers? That which is transmitted from the Prophet regarding the fingers is that... You, especially your, your, your right, right, right hand I'm talking about. There's two ways that the Prophet did it. The Prophet ﷺ, he took his khinsar and the binsar. So he did this ﷺ, you do this. You do that ﷺ. So this, this the middle finger, this middle finger, and your, th- your thumb, you... you Grab that one with that, and you do that. The Prophet did that. The third, the second characteristic is all three of these fingers, they all come to the right hand, the right finger. You do it like that. Okay? That's how it is, inshallah. Now. وَيَقْرَأُ التَّشَهُّدْ وَقَدْ وَرَدَ فِيهِ صِفَاتٌ مُتَعَدِّدَةٌ 
وقولنا فيه كقولنا في دعاء الاستفتاح أي أن أن الإنسان ينبغي له أن يأتي مرة بتشهد ابن عباس ومرة بتشهد ابن مسعود ومرة بما ورد عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من غير هاتين الصفتين فيقول التحيات لله والصلوات والطيبات السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله رواه البخاري The Sheikh رحمه الله He mentions if a person comes up from the second sajda in the second rag'ah the person sits down for what? For the first tashahud and sitting okay for the tashahud al-awwal, okay, it's from the wajibat of the salah. And the Prophet sallallahu what has been transmitted from him, from the types of the tashahudat, is that which the author, rahimahullah, here mentions. Okay, at-tahiyyatu lillahi wa salawatu wa tayyibat, assalamu alayka ayyuha al-nabi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin Ashadu an la ilaha illallah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh But We mentioned before a good qa'idah for If there's a sifat muta'addidah If a ibadah has many forms It's good to do sometimes do this one And sometimes to do this one So the shaykh mentions it here Sometimes do the Ibn Abbas one, sometimes do the Ibn Mas'ud one, وَهَكَذَا Okay? That's the greatest form. That's الطريق الأكمل. Okay? The question I want to ask is that, do you say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad? Do you say that? In the first shahud? That which seems apparent is no, you don't. The first shahud, you don't do as-salah ala nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The first shahud, you do it in the second one. Naam. وَإِنْ كَانَ فِي ثُلَاثِيَّةٍ أَوْ رُبَاعِيَّةٍ قَامَ بَعْدَ التَّشَهُدِ الْأَوَّلِ رَافِعًا يَدَهُ كَمَا رَفَعَهَا عِنْدَ تَكْبِيرَةِ الْإِحْرَامِ وَصَلَّى بَقِيَّةَ الصَّلَاةِ وَتَكُونُ بِالْفَاتِحَةِ فَقَدْ فلا يقرأ معها سورة أخرى وإن قرأ أحيانا فلا بأس لوروده في ظاهر حديث أبي سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه. If a person prays a ثلاثية or a رباعية and he stands up for the first تشهد. What does he do? He raises his hands. Which is the fourth place where you raise your hands. How many, place, how many times did we say you raise your hands? Four places. That has been transmitted from the Jama'ah min al-Sahaba. That the Prophet ﷺ used to do in these four places. The first one is Takbiratul Ihram, number one. The second one is عند الركوع When you do the The ركوع The second one is When you come up from the ركوع The fourth Is the first تشهد So it's only if it's a ثلاثية or a رباعية You raise your hands Okay These four places Are ثابتة عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم They've been transmitted from the Prophet That he used to raise his hands and we already mentioned how, how you raise your hands. There's two options that you have. You can raise your hands up to your shoulders or to your earlobes without touching your earlobes. You can't do all these things that people do like this. That's wrong. You just have to get it as far as to your ear. That's it. Okay? Now, Also the Sheikh, he mentions... In the third and the fourth rak'ah, what does the person recite? He recites Surah Al-Fatiha and he restricts himself with that. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu is being transmitted that he used to add another surah to it. 
So if sometimes you add a surah to it, in the third and the fourth rak'ah, you have the rights to do that. The third rak'ah, is it longer in terms of length than the fourth rak'ah or is it the same? That which the sunnah shows, is that the third and the fourth rak'ah should be roughly the same. They should roughly be the same. Like in the first two rak'ah, the first two rak'ah, which one is the longest? The first rak'ah is the longest. And the second rak'ah is a bit shorter than it. Like if it's four, the last two, they should be the same. They should be what? They should be the same. Read Surah Al-Fatiha in the both of them, which makes them the same. And if you read the surah uh, in this one, try to read um, the surah similar to it after it. And if you read in the third rak'ah, a surah after the Fatiha, then don't make that surah longer or shorter than the one you're going to read in the fourth rak'ah. Now, we're going to stop there, inshallah ta'ala. I'm going to take questions from you. Tomorrow is going to be our last day, bi al kareem We're going to finish the book tomorrow, bi al kareem um, so if you have any questions inshallah ta'ala uh, regarding the class or even outside the class it doesn't matter you can ask inshallah ta'ala Assalamu alaikum rahmatullah is it permissible to make dua after reciting a few surahs from the Quran is it in salah or outside salah you, you're referring to Ustad, do we do the sunnahs of Fatiha behind the Imam in a loud prayer? Yeah. If he hasn't started reciting Fatiha. If you recited Fatiha, then you do not do your basmala. You, do, you don't also do your ta'awwud. You don't do dua al-istiftah. You don't. So the question I was asked was, is it permissible to make dua uh, after reciting a few surahs from the Quran outside of the salah? You could. Uh, you could, inshallah ta'ala, do dua and beg Allah ta'ala, but don't make it something your norms all the time. Ustad, are you going to teach the book by Sheikh Salah al-Usaymi? Inshallah ta'ala, we're going to, we're going to do that uh, on the 29th and the 30th uh, is going to be the last book of Sheikh Salah al-Usaymi Hafidhahullah ta'ala on the Adkar. Adkar al-Sabah wal-Masa. It's two days, right, Abd Samit? The 29th and the 30th, right? So we have one more book after this, inshallah ta'ala. But what I meant that this book tomorrow is going to finish. Yeah, so 29th and 30th. Aynam. Ustad, when you find the imam in the end of the rak'ah, before ruku', just when you start fatiha, he goes in ruku'. Should you repeat that rak'ah? Naam. If you haven't read fatiha, repeat that rak'ah, inshallah ta'ala. Okay, I've expanded on this mas'ala in great details in my explanation of Durr al-Bahiyya and also when I taught Sif Salat al-Nabi. Um, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Someone asked Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala and recited a surah in the third and the fourth rak'ah. Did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, did he also do that? Um, 
I haven't come across any narrations that that's authentically attributed to the Prophet that he recited a surah after the Fatiha in the last two rak'ah. Ustad, when someone is learning Tuhfatul Atfal, is it points when written on the whiteboard or the teacher showing the student practically how to pronounce the letters? What we have to understand is when it comes to study Tajweed, there's a theoretical side and there's also a practical side. The practical side, everyone needs to have that. I mean, there's no, there's, there's no excuse in that regard. I mean, as uh, Ibn al-Jazir mentions in his Muqaddimah, he says, It's true. Anyone who reads the Quran with no Tajweed, he's a sinner. But what he means here is the, the practical side. Because Allah Taala said, Command. So the person has to read the Quran the way that it, was, it came down. So basic Tajweed you have to come with. Basic Tajweed. Okay? The basic Tajweed has to be there. Um, but the theoretical side, it's not fardu ayn on everybody. Not everybody has to do it. It's fardu kifaya. Ida qama bi ba saqat anil baqin. But ideally, the teacher should focus more on the practical side first, and then inshallah, the student can then pursue the the theoretical side. Um, we uh, okay. I was asked a good question. Ustad, may Allah reward you with khair. Amin. Ya Rabbi Alameen. In the tahiyyat, should we say Assalamu alayka or should we say Assalamu ala nabi? Inshallah ta'ala, we're going to come to that. Bidni lahil kareem. We haven't still taken the tashahud athani and what is read in that. We haven't come to that yet. So we're going to talk about that, inshallah, uh, ta'ala. We're going to speak about that tomorrow, bi al-kareem. Okay? Yani, what is it that we should do in that regard? We're going to talk about it, bi uh, al-kareem. So tomorrow, inshallah, ta'ala. Ustad, how to make dua during salah, it should be done in sujood or in the final tashahud? Both of them. As we're going to see, inshallah ta'ala, uh, later, that the Prophet sallallahu after he taught the tashahud to the sahabas, he did say to them, that the person can, after that, after the tashahud, after the Ibrahimiyah and everything, the person can choose whatever dua they want to make. So yeah, you can make whatever du'a you want. But uh, uh, inshallah ta'ala, we haven't taken that yet. We're going to come to that, uh, inshallah ta'ala, uh, tomorrow again, inshallah ta'ala. Okay. Uh, Ustad, do we send salat on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when the Mu'addin testifies that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, you say it, naam. Say, if we, when he says, whenever you hear his name alayhi wa sallam, say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, naam. If someone recited salah, Upon the Nabi during the first tashahud in the four rak'ah, should they do sujood al sahwi? No, they don't have to do sujood al sahwi. And there are some scholars who say any mistake that you do in the salah, you should always bring sujood al sahwi. Even if you recite the Quran wrong and somebody corrects you on your recitation, then you should come with sujood al sahwi. Some scholars do say that. Okay? Uh, 
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ustad, is there a restriction on how long uh, can one lengthen their prostration for supplication in the fard, sunnah, or the nawafil? If you're by yourself, you can lengthen it as much as you want. If you're by yourself and you're praying, lengthen it as long as you want. Okay? But if you're leading a people, don't become a, a harm to them. Yani what the Prophet said to Mu'ad, he said, Afatanun anta ya Mu'ad. Mu'ad, are you one who's causing mischief? Are you going to cause yani, mischief and problems? Okay. Ustad, can you guide me to start studying a book? I'm a beginner. I had completed the 40 Imam al-Nawawi hadiths and have been doing certain under kalima. But what should I begin with? Uh, where's your yani, knowledge when it comes to the Quran, the memorization of the Quran? If you haven't done that, then I think you should focus on that, inshallah ta'ala. Ustad, is it okay the salah of an imam who reads without tajweed, even not makharij? If the imam is reading the salah and the akhta that he's doing, the mistakes that he's doing are akhta which are jali. He's doing mistakes which are so bad that the meaning is changing in that regard, then yes, it does make the salah null and void, especially Surah Al-Fatiha. Surah Al-Fatiha specifically. If you recite, recite Surah Al-Fatiha to the extent where the uh, meaning is changing, then that's a problem. Okay, but if not, uh, yani there's no yani it's not jelly, it's not jelly, and it's khafi, then inshallah ta'ala, it doesn't harm the prayer. The person, uh, the person uh, could Inshallah ta'ala, pray with that person, but it's better to get an imam who's good with the tajweed. Because the Prophet said, فَلِيَأُمَّ الْقَوْمَ أَقْرَأُهُمْ لِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ Let the one who knows the Qur'an the most lead the people. Okay? Ustad, what are the conditions with regards to the sujood ayat in the, in the Qur'an, both during prayer and outside prayer. This is another issue which scholars discussed. You have to have wudu outside prayer to do the sujudis at tilawa and etc. There are niqashat and discussions regarding this issue. Just have wudu Face the qibla inshallah ta'ala. And uh, if the imam does it, then you do it. If the imam, sorry, sorry, if the imam, sorry, if the reciter who's reciting outside the prayer doesn't do it, then don't do it. Follow him. And in the prayer, the same thing. If the Imam recites it and then he does the sujood, you can do the sujood. It's not wajib to do it. Assalamu alaikum, Ustad Abdurrahman Hassan. I want to know how I am sincere within my heart because how does one know what's within their hearts other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yeah. And he, you. you you should never believe you're sincere. Always question yourself. Always question yourself. Are you sincere? Are you sincere? Are you sincere? Saying I'm sincere is a lack of sincerity. And to say I'm sincere is lack of sincerity. So every time you're in that fight, you're in that battle uh, consistently. So no, don't say I'm sincere. Okay? What is the ruling regarding cuddling with your parents after someone reached puberty? That's fine, no problem. As in cuddling, you mean hugging your parents. That's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. Right now. 
Ustad, if a woman wants to shake my hand, sorry, one second, my internet's cutting off. So sorry, my internet cut off. I just have to get it back. Instead, if a woman wants to shake my hand, do I put my hands, do I put my arms by my side, or do I put my right hand on my chest? And what is the correct thing to say to the woman who wants to shake my hands? First of all, we have to understand the musafahatul rajuli lil mar'atil ajnabiyya is haram, la yajuz, it's not permissible. Okay, because of the ahadith that have come from the Prophet alayhi, alayhi salatu salam. And Imam al-Tabarani narrated, and Sheikh Muhammad Nasir al-Din al-Albani authenticated it, the hadith of Ma'aqal ibn Yasani radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam, he said, لا أن يطعن في رأس أحدكم بمخيط من حديد خير له من أن يمس امرأة لا تحل له. Yani for a metal rod to be put through your head is better for you than for a man to touch the hand of a woman that is not permissible for him. Without a shadow of a doubt, brothers and sisters, um, shaking the hand of a woman who's ajnabiyya from you, it's one of the things that cause asbabul fitan. It causes fitna. It brings about fitna. It, it increases, desires comes into place, and then this leads to what? Al-wuqu' fil haram, to fall into haram. So, our Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa who is the best, alayhi salatu the best, alayhi salatu he never used to shake women's hand. His wife, Aisha, said, ما مست يد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يد the Prophet وسلم, he never shake the hand of a woman unless she was his wife or a woman who is permissible for him to touch. Rather, the Prophet وسلم, he would inform the woman, and that's what you should do in the situation. The Prophet وسلم, said to the woman who, يعني, who he did bay'ah with, he said, فَإِنِّي لَا أُصَافِحُ النِّسَى I don't shake women's hands. So you tell them, okay? I tell the non-Muslims when they stick their hand out, I say to them, look, I, 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 as a Muslim, I'm not allowed to shake women's hands. So I don't shake women's hands. Some of them get offended, and some of them, they come, they ask, they inquire, reason, is there a reason? If they ask, I explain it to them. And if they're asking because they want to know, I explain it to them. And if they're asking because they are angry or upset, uh, I, I don't entertain the idea of explaining to them. I just say this is an Islamic ruling. We follow it as Muslims. Um, and that's what it is. Alas. Because I don't see that the person is willing to take it. Uh, they're upset. So I don't entertain the idea of arguing back and forth with them. As a Muslim brothers and sisters, we should have that. We should be pleased with what Allah sent down. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. The laws and the regulations that Allah sent down. We shouldn't anger Allah just to, to please this person. Because this person is going to be offended by it. I have to anger Allah Ta'ala. Abidin, don't do that. Let this person be angry as much as they want. But Allah Ta'ala is not. I'm not saying try to anger the person, but don't bend the rule for anybody. Don't bend the rule for anybody. Okay? A few times it has situations where the woman has asked, the non-Muslim woman has asked in the UK, I've explained it to them. And some of them say, it makes sense. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And I, I explained to them. And some of them become offended. And, you know, you're not the first ever to become angry. You're not the first to be angry. You're not the first to be offended in, your, in this world. So it's not the first time this is going to happen. So uh, it's fine with me. No problem. Also, brothers and sisters, 
have that يعني, love and passion for your religion. COVID-19 has made everybody avoid shaking people's hands. Before COVID-19, before even COVID-19, there was this whole Me Too movement that started. I don't know if you guys will remember where people coming out and exposing people, oh, he touched me, this actor did this to me, my director did this to me. It was, it was a whole, it was a whole t entire movement. It's called the Me Too movement. Okay, hashtag came out, Me Too, Me Too, Me Too. Women were coming out and saying, he did this to Me Too, Me Too, Me Too. It was ajeeb. Names were being thrown out uh, outside uh, and people were being mentioned. So it was Me Too. It was a Me Too movement. Directors and actors reached a point. I read an article, subhanAllah, I was shocked. They started to stop shaking women's hands. Certain actors were saying, I'm, oh, I'm not going to shake, I can't shake, I'm, I don't want to shake hands. Because they were scared that that might be seen as sexual. Uh, so, or what do you call it? Yani, they just don't, I don't want to be in that whole Me Too movement. <laughs> You're scared of what this person is going to say about it. What about Allah Yawm Al Qiyamah? What about what Allah told you? about this issue of not shaking out the opposite gender. So it's ajeeb, wallah. And then COVID-19 came, uh, a virus, and uh, this pandemic hit the world, and people stopped, stopped shaking people's hands. If COVID-19, which is a virus, which yes, no doubt we should avoid shaking hands if it's going to spread the, 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 the disease, which is, naam, shara'an, we shouldn't if it's going to spread it. But if COVID is going to make us not shake hands, then why does Allah and the Day of Judgment not make us do it? That's something we need to think about. Countries were banning niqab. Certain countries were banning niqab. Now men and women are made to wear niqab. The face cover. Men and women are now wearing it. Where's the security problems they were saying about covering your faces? Another one. Now, can you now not see, brothers and sisters, that this is a wahyu min shaytan Shaitan sent this revelation of niqab is banned because it's a security threat. But a face cover from COVID-19 is not a security threat. Wallahi wa inna shayateena la yuhuna ila awliya'ihim liyujadilukum fa'in ata'atumuhum innakum namushrikun. Shaitan sent that revelation to them. May Allah protect us subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going to stop there inshallah ta'ala. Anything which I've said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and shaitan and Allah and his messenger are both free from it. Subhanakallah wa bihamdi ashadu la ilaha illallah astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayh.